This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to another episode of How Men Think. My name is Brooks Like, and I am joined by three gracious co-hosts today, two men from the show, and then one gracious co-host who's actually probably got more co-hosting abilities than probably anybody I know. Um, but three co-hosts today, we have with us Rick and Dimitri, the men of How Men Think. Good sirs, how are you? Hello, good, good. How are you doing, Brooks? That looks that looks like a wonderful painting that you have in the back there. You've been. I know. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I just kind of throw it over my shoulder and then see what happens. <laughs> One of those just slap different colored paint <laughs> on the wall, hey, and then call it art. Yeah. Oh, thank you, um, Dimitri. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I came down. I came down to the. I tried to give it a more of a manly feel today. See, I got a workbench behind me. <laughs> you even brought out the drill. I see the drill. Yeah, yeah. I I rented all that for this, and then it has to go back in about an hour. <laughs> you still have your Home Depot receipt. <laughs> oh, I shit. Return it. And then we have uh, a special guest with us today. He is. I I actually kind of want to learn from him from on how to co-host a show. Oh, wow. Um. If you have a television, you have seen this man all over it for sure. An actor, a host. Um, man, I could, I'm looking at your bio here. We have Dan Cortez with us. Dan, yeah. welcome to the show. I don't have, I don't have a workbench. Demetri, how about if I just put the pencil behind my ear? Does that look like That's I could good. be a now? No. Yeah, let's do like, let's do two, two, three quarters. That, that works for me. Okay. And as I'll far just... as anybody can tell from now, you have a tool belt on. We just can't I do see have it, a so tool belt. Perfect. That's and that's all I'm wearing from the waist. It's just the tool belt. See, so, I just don't have the accolades that you have in your background, the signed jerseys, the signed football. I don't have that stuff, so I had to rent this. You I know what's great is like, none of that's mine. It's everybody else's signature. It's not mine, so it's good. Emmy Perfect. awards and geez, like I, when you popped on there, I was just like, that's kind of what I want my home office to look like. There you, you know, go. Like a book with my face on it. Like I see your book right there. Hey, I should have saved it. That that's my new book. But when uh, I initially started promoting the book the publishers had kept telling me like, you need to, why don't you have the book and in the background of anything, a book, because yeah. you, you haven't sent me any. So uh, I literally took my older son's uh, NBA 2K Xbox game, printed out a piece of paper that had the book cover and taped it to it and would sit it back there and just damn. tell people it was the book. Yeah. Awesome. Well, dude, we're going to get more into that book, but um, want to get your opinion. So Dan's coming yeah. on as a respected gentleman. Oh boy. Um, who has some insight for us. We had a, Dan, last week, we had a hot topic yeah. on the How Men Think show. And, and uh, Dimitri and uh, Rick weren't with us. Ryan was with us. But producer Tori, our lovely producer, yes. um, opened up about her dating life and asked a question about should people hook up on the first date? Yeah. Should they hook up on the first date? Is that frowned upon from a guy's standpoint if the woman does that? Or is it you frowned mean you mean you're being a little churchgoer here. You mean hook up as in have sex, go all the way. Are you have, saying define hookup? Yeah, you yeah, I guess, I guess we should clarify okay. what hookup okay. is. Um, so the How Men Think community has just exploded. There's a wild yeah. debate going on right now. Some people say yes, some people say no. Some people say um, they, that yes, they absolutely judge somebody for going that far on the first date. But I want to get your guys' opinions on this. Um, as a gentleman going out on a date, first date with a lady, Dan will lead with you. What are you looking for on a first date? And would you even pursue, be honest, brother, be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, always. Would you even pursue physical contact, physical intimacy on the first date? Okay. Uh, being honest, if you're a guy and you're attracted to someone, obviously that is in your mind somewhere. It's, it's not like you go, Hey, I'm really attracted to this person. I hope it doesn't go any further. <laughs> now, I, I, I also think, though, the first thing I look for on any first date is if there's any sort of compatibility. Now, if there's no compatibility, then you don't, that doesn't cross your mind. But if, you're, if there's some sort of compatibility there, you're getting along, she's laughing at my dumb jokes, I think this is great, then obviously that'll start to, any guy's mind. It's going to cross your mind. I mean, I mean, and you guys know it crosses your mind. Dimitri, don't no, point no. and say no, no. no. You know it does. No, no, it crosses your mind for sure. But what you're not, you're going up to the pool, but you're not jumping in. The question is, would you judge a, a woman? Not, it's not, does a guy want to have sex? Right. Yes, he does. So I'll say, when I was younger, I used to think that was something I wasn't interested in. I, I would think 
if a girl wanted, you know, was having sex on the first date with me, then clearly she would have sex with somebody else on the first date. So right. when I was younger, I would think that that bothered me, but I've, I've grown older and I've matured and I've realized that, you know, matured as much as I probably can. <laughs> and I've realized that there's so much more to relationships than that. So yeah. to judge somebody on feeling their way through life just doesn't make sense. So I actually have a lot of friends or quite a group of friends that have that did it on the first date and are happily married with kids for, for, for a long time. So the question is, would I judge them? No. In the past, I may have, but I, I don't think that should be a deal breaker for a guy. Okay, wait. So the question was, do you judge the woman, not does it cross my mind? Uh, both. Both. Like, oh. if you're going out on a date, like, let's be honest here. So if I'm going out on a date, yeah, like... You're, you're wanting to be physical with this person. That's probably why you're going on a date with them. You're not right. going on, on a date with somebody you're not physically attracted to. But right. are you trying to lead the night in that oh. direction? Or are you, are you respectfully keeping a physical distance in like honoring getting to know somebody, wanting to move it in the physical element, like wanting to have sex with this person, but down the road tonight is just about seeing if our chemistry is on and if I really like you. Well, I don't think I don't think you should try and lead a date whatsoever. I think you just got to see where it goes. You shouldn't go into it with a predetermined notion of, hey, I'm really attracted to her. I'm going to start. I'm going to throw a few feelers out there. Yeah. I'm going to say this and see if she responds in a certain way or not. I, I'm more of the the like mind of, hey, let's just see where where the night takes us. And and if you get along. But I, I'm also with Dimitri. I think it's when I was younger, I agreed the same thing. It was, oh, geez, if she's going to sleep with me on the first date, who else has she slept with on the first date? But then same thing, as you get older, and I don't know about wiser, but you just get older and sort of been around a little bit, you you know before it gets to that point if there's some sort of connection with this person. I appreciate that you kind of made a similarity between us, Dan, but I guarantee there's women that would have <laughs> sex with you on a first date that would not have sex with me on a first date. So I appreciate I have, that. I have a question. But... I have a question. Were you guys really thinking about that when you were younger? Like, hmm, yeah. I wonder what she's gonna think about and, and I'm gonna do this and you know, what's she gonna think? It wasn't I'm gonna do this like, and what's then, she gonna think. My my in my perfect world when I was younger, I was a bit of a romantic and I wanted yeah. to like if I was if it was somebody that I was interested in having a relationship with, my preference would have been to not do it on the first date. But as I said, I've realized that there's a lot when you're younger, there's a lot of stuff that importance that you put on certain things that really in life that it's not as big a deal as you maybe think it is. And, and that's your preference, not what you could have been taught maybe by your parents or oh, friends. Rick just, or, Rick or just got deep. That got, that yeah. got deep. That was good. <laughs> uh, not what I was taught. I don't think that I was taught with my parents, but from my parents, like don't do something on a first date. I think I was taught to be a gentleman. Um, right. So maybe that factors into it somewhere, but. Yeah. Hmm. I, what, are you taught by your parents, Rick, to like respect and like obviously you were taught. Yeah, to I think. People, but were you taught like first night date ethics? No, definitely not taught first night date date ethics. But I think going into with my what I was taught was be respectful, be nice, you know, treat the woman very, you know, like a woman, and then you know, you know, then figure out what's going on in terms of what's the next move, right? I, I don't think I really. I think personally, I would always try to, depending on how the date goes, I, I agree with Dan, you know, you just kind of start putting feelers out there and then is it going good? And, you know, what's the next step? Do you kiss? Do you, you know, are you, do you go to the bar the next time or, or whatever, but, um, and then see where that leads us. But um, I think going in, that was something the way that I was brought up. And those were the things that, that was, was telling me inside to not go have sex the first time. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So, Dr. Viviana, you guys remember Dr. V been oh, on the yeah. show? Yeah, sure. Dr. V is wonderful. She commented on this post because we had this, we shared this on our How Men Think podcast community. And she said, if the chase is after a lasting, loving, intimate relationship, then sleeping together soon after meeting doesn't make a big difference. But if the chase is after sex, then yes, of course, it will make a difference because the goal has been met. So, um, I agree with what Dimitri said is I, if I'm going on a date, I'm going after the chase of pursuing something longer term with this person um, is how I would look at it. So I actually, like Dimitri said, I actually, I prefer to be like 
maybe more of a traditional guy in that I don't think I would force it or, or even try to steer it that way on night one. Um, just because in my own mindset, to be truthfully honest, in my own mindset, I'm like, just what you guys said, like how many other guys has she slept with on date one? Or is this, is this the type of woman that I want to end up with? I, I have a question. Let's say we're all, you know, cause we're all kind of on the same page. What if you get to that point at the end of the night and it's going well, and she wants to take it. Would you yeah. as a guy then go, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't feel real comfortable. No way. No. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Dive in head first. No harm. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you tell the lottery that you have enough money? No, you wouldn't. So. <laughs> Are you guys being serious? I'll say you really like this girl. Would you would you actually go for it, or would you um, would you out of respect and to maybe like with your values or like be like I don't want to go there yet? You know, like well, yeah. well, are you having a conversation with her during dinner or when you're meeting? Of how many times have you had sex? Is that is that a differentiator? Oh, you know, wow. if you're like, oh, hey, you know, like how many times have you had sex? Look, I think if that's coming up, if you're having that conversation on the first date, I'm out. I'm like, okay, got, I don't want to be asked that question. On she the says two, then you're and like, I agree okay, with you. fine. But then again, okay, let's be honest. Say she's this gorgeous girl, and you're out, and she says two. You know, every guy's gonna go, really? Two? <laughs> it means double. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're gonna let's add a zero. Here's another. What was that? I don't know if it was on a show or where I heard it, but it was like if a girl tells you how many guys she's been with, you you uh, multiply it by three, and for a guy, if he tells you how many girls he's been with, you divide it by three. <laughs> you guys ever heard that? Yeah, well, I've, I could I could see that. Yeah, I've uh, done I, what I've done. What Dan is saying, I, you know, you could add a zero to mine, but you add it to the beginning, <laughs> not to the end. <laughs> okay, so. Um, last touch point, last touch point on this, cause I want to move on. Um, cause we actually have another guest coming in. That's going to help Rick with a pending issue. Um, but what do you think? My, my lasting point on this is, um, I don't believe I would pursue it truthfully on night one on a first date. Um, because my goal with the date is not such to just have sex with this person my goal with a date would be to discover the person, be curious about the person and about what the possibility of, of a partnership with this person could be. And so respectfully, I would keep a physical distance and not try and lead it that way. And that's just my personal preference. Um, even though the person might be insanely attractive and of course I want to get there, I think I would probably pump the brakes on that for a couple of dates. You guys? <laughs> Dan's like you're an idiot. You yeah, know. Hey, look, if I was a woman, I, I I'd date you. I, that's a, that's the kind of guy I'd want to date. Um, I just no, I uh, agree with you to a certain extent, but I I'm also like a hundred years old, so I look at it this way. I don't know if I got tomorrow coming, but I got today right now. So um, I do agree with what you said. Well, I think it does change with age too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But to that point, see, I, I wouldn't pursue it. If there was a connection and we felt that way, then I would, prob then I would probably do it. I mean, look around. Like I said before, there, there are bigger things to, to base life on. The world around us is burning right now. I don't think having sex on the first date is the worst thing that someone <laughs> can do anymore. Yeah. If you have that connection, fine. And if you find out later that that was a mistake and that's not somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with, then you adapt from that. But to go in there saying, this is, this is a deal breaker, or I'm not doing it because it's only the first time this bigger fish to fry. Mm. I have one little, but do you think this is, I mean, this is how men think, but do you think it makes that big of a difference to the woman? To me, too. I mean, if you were to back off and in her mind, if she's thinking, I want to have sex with him and you're like, no, is she yeah. thinking that, okay, I respect him or is she going, what's wrong with him? Um, producer Tori, Tori, can you answer that question? So Say, say you're on a date with a guy, Tori, and you're really vibing with this guy. You're really into him and you're like, dang, I usually don't do this, but like, I'm really attracted to this guy and you want to take it physical that evening. And he says, I'm just not comfortable with this. I actually want to, I, I love that you're attracted to me, but like, I think we need a little more time till we get to that stage. What are your thoughts on this guy then? That's so hot. Really? Yeah. That's sexy. Why is that? Cause you got to work for it. And it's like, you got some some backbone in you and you're not just like the guy that you just think is the cookie cutter guy. 
Now, what if, what if is, does it make a difference if he's doing that because he truly believes that and he wants to cherish a relationship or is he doing that because that's kind of part of his game and he knows it's going to be real sexy to you? It doesn't matter. It's still sexy. Unless okay. it's like he, he's not attracted to you, then you could kind of maybe go there. But I think it's hot. I know I have friends who have, who are, this is when I was younger too. This is like 10 years ago who were just like, when you were 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who were just horny as hell. And, and they wanted to get out of that kind of thing of like pursuing sex on the first night where they would intentionally not shave their bits so that they were like, Oh, I'm too, <laughs> I'm too embarrassed about what's going on down there. So again, I just can't have sex tonight. So that was their, that was their like governor to the stopper having sex on the first night. I, Let I, me just tell they, you, <laughs> go ahead. I was, just gonna say within if, if she asked why not would they just be honest and say because i chose not to shave my bits quote unquote i don't even know if it worked funny enough that's that's the uh that's the original name of my autobiography called unshaven bits <laughs> which okay, is not well, true by the way so, wow. well tori we tried our best there uh <laughs> I also, I also don't think you get any less hornier the older you get. That's just I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, I don't care if you're 22, 32, 42, 52, you're still horny. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And, and the truth is, too, you had asked the first time you said, does it even cross your mind? As soon as you said that, my wife had just walked out of the kitchen with the coffee, and it crossed my mind. <laughs> I have one more question I want to ask you guys. So if you're not looking for sex on the first date, or maybe you are, but it doesn't work out, when is the societally acceptable night to have sex where there's no judgment, no connotations like how Saturday, many Saturday. Night. <laughs> <laughs> how many dates, how many dates into dating somebody, um, according to your worlds and perspective is like an, an agreeable number to like, to consummate physically, you know, to have sexual relations. Three. Three. It, it just seems like the right number. I don't even do. Do people even still th think about that? Like, if you don't have sex on the first date, then are you going to say, "All right, well, it's like I'm going to stop drinking." Okay, how many days? I don't know. But if you get to day two, then it's like I can do day three. So when do you finally go? Like, I need to at least wait. I think once the first date is gone and you don't have sex, then you just let the chips fall where they may. I mean, it's like, is it? do you then go okay i've got to wait until number date number five because do you honestly think so much is going to occur in those other three dates that will change something or i don't know i think if there's an attraction there and you've already I, given it one shot with the first date then i, say I agree go for it brock once you get past that first or second then it's like then yes what's the difference now what, what exactly are you counting to and on the flip side, you could get to a point where like, oh, it's date four and we haven't done it yet. And then you start adding <laughs> pressure onto it. And then uh, it's not going to be, you know, as fun or as natural as it would be just to just to do it. Rick, Rick, what are you thinking, brother? I think the second date is pretty legit. I agree with Dan, though. I mean, it's like, who's really counting? I mean, if you do the, the first date, cool, you set the groundwork. Now she's after you again. And it's like what you know if things are kicking off the right way then go ahead for it go for it i i see what you guys are saying because there's also a, a component of like if you guys are vibing with each other obviously there's enough of a vibe that you're on a second date and if you're vibing with each other you kind of know like hey whether it's date three or date six like this is probably going to happen yeah right so does it matter like you were saying dimitri does it matter if it's two or does it matter if it's four in in the scope of the relationship probably it doesn't matter anymore other than just telling the story of what night you hooked up on whether it was two or four right and, and who it, you keep who are you keeping score for the fact of the matter is if date one bothers you once you get to date two you've already agreed that you like each other enough to go out again so then don't who you keep a score for just let the chips fall yeah date one bothers me Truthfully, date one. That's bottom. what I mean, though. But once you're past that, you've agreed that you that there's something more there. Yeah. So just let it on date two, three, four, five, six. What if you go grab coffee 
What if you go grab coffee and then go after that? Well, don't do it in a coffee shop. But. Considered a date. <laughs> coffee you considered a date. And now you're now you're defining what the date is. Yeah. So it's yeah. like maybe maybe the first date is let's grab coffee, finish the coffee, and then I'll see you tomorrow. And then okay, let's get yeah. the date too. Yeah. He's, like, going to, he's like, and then you're going to dinner that night. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's a Kenny Banya situation. No, soup isn't a meal. That's not a date. We had soup. That doesn't count as date two. Um, does anybody have any like horror stories of first dates from the past that they want to share? No, I'm perfect. I mean, it's pretty good. No. I, I, I my my current wife, I oh, met we we, we've been totally. together since our first date. We were like and haven't separated since our first date. That's awesome. So, um, but that was, we, she lived in New York. I live in LA. We had spoken over the phone for hours at a time for a couple months prior to it. And then I went to New York for work and I said, Hey, let's finally meet in person and, um, went out and, and, uh, went out on a date that night. And then, you know, a few months later, she ended up moving, quitting her job and moving to LA. Could you tell on that first date, like, I'm really into this this girl like this is this is different than other yeah. days, you know? ours our relationship was weird by the end of the night we were at um the bar on the rooftop of this hotel i was staying in and we were referring to each other as our husband and wife yeah oh, it cool. was it was it, to people we were meeting oh. like and it was just we knew we both knew right then so that uh and it was the first time i had experienced anything like that and um so yeah i kind of knew right away it was just an um an immediate kind of connection that feeling yeah yeah exactly and i think truthfully though too what really helped us was those phone conversations long distance getting to know each other without you know seeing her pretty face in front of me it was just getting to know that person and sharing things with each other so then when we finally did meet each other it was almost like all that groundwork had been laid you know, those first few dates, phone dates, out of the way, whatever. It's so, when we did finally meet in person, it was like we already knew each other, knew so much about each other. Mm, yeah, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. I never, wait, Brooks, have you had a bad first date? You brought that up. You must yeah. have one. Um, to be honest, I never dated much, truthfully. Like I, uh, I've shared it on the show from, tw- from 20 to 30, I was full, I, I was full weighted career pursuit of hockey, um, that governed every decision in the course of my day. And I had no balance, no counterbalance of social life. So I, I've dated very little. Um, but the dates I did go on, I just remember this, like, I remember it being so effing painful <laughs> when, when I would get on a date and five minutes into the date, I didn't like the girl, you know? And I'm like, oh dear God, like I'm <laughs> grinding here for another hour and 45 minutes or something when all I want to be home is resting because we play tomorrow. And now I'm grinding away on this date with this girl and it's just not going anywhere. I know I'm not going to marry her. Just let me eat a steak and, you know, kind of just oh, have a nice conversation. Did you ever create a situation to get yourself out of that? No, no, I did not. I have not. Ah. But just the other day, one of my <laughs> best friends in L.A. said that her uh, when she goes on a date twice, she's had her roommate call him because she'll they have a code where he te- she texts him. And uh, that means call. And then she's like, uh, oh, or he texts her, he's like, oh, something just happened with my dog. And then he calls her right away. And on speakerphone, she puts it on speakerphone. And he's like, hey, uh, oh. I'll let you know that your dog is throwing up. Like, what do I do about this? Right in the kitchen, it's like yellow. I don't know what I should do. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, because then it's on speakerphone, right? It's not like, yeah, it, it's legit, according. That's bad. So not, any, not anymore yeah yeah i just i didn't say her name so i haven't fully outed her yeah but she does have a dog um but uh i've never pulled a stunt like that um i think i would just grind it through and then go home but, yeah um yeah i don't know i can't i can't remember man i didn't go on many dates 
<laughs> I think too, if you're if you're going creating a backup like backup plan like that before you even go on the date, you probably shouldn't go on the date to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like if you're going to come up with something that elaborate, and God forbid she's out one night and the guy she's on the date with goes, "Well, actually, I'm a veterinarian." It's like the episode of "Is there a marine biologist?" <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> actually, there's yellow. That's just bile. It's fine. The dog's oh, no, fine. He's fine. Dog's fine. He, he probably ate some grass. Yeah. Let's enjoy the rest of our meal. I'm happy to come treat him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm more interested in the brainstorming session. That's like, okay, now what if, uh, what colors the, what colors the bile? Uh, let's go with yellow. Yeah. Um, producer Tori, do you have any like horrific first date stories? I'm trying to think. I don't have like horrific, but I've definitely had the dates where I'm like, please don't touch me, please don't hold my hand. Um, oh, I do have one. So I was. I've talked about it on another podcast before, but I went on a date with someone and we had like stayed in touch through college. He was at Stanford and I was here and he was like, Hey, I'm like finally going to be in town. We had like talked for like kind of on and off for a long time. He's like, let me, can I like take you to breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever you want. I was like, yeah, sure. It was before father's day. So I was like, I'll do, let's do like a breakfast or, or a later lunch. And we get to the table and we order food and like I got a latte, he just had water and then we went to pay. And I am always the girl who like will offer to like lay a card down. Standard offer. Just I feel like that's the thing to do, which maybe you guys can comment on that. Is it attractive? Does it feel like I'm making it a friend zone move? I don't know. Um, But I laid my card down and then he just split it with me. And I ordered, or he ordered a latte and I had water. So technically I paid more for oh. him because he, he had a drink <laughs> and I didn't. What, what did that do for you? Were you like, you asked? I was like, <laughs> is this a date or is this not? But like we had like spent like a whole walk. Like we spent an hour prior, then we got lunch. And I was just like, yikes, I don't know what this is. This is confusing. And then I... But the more I talked to people, they were like, you friend zoned him by. Or maybe he just thought you were an independent woman and wanted to be an independent woman. So he's like, I'm going to let her if she wants to pay for half. I'll let her pay for half. Maybe he felt he might uh, insult you if he made you do that because. But like grow a pair. But what happened? (laughs) But what happened after that? Did he ask you out again? To, yeah, da- to Dan's like, point, did like, he ask you out again? Yeah, like we walked, like I think he walked me to my car. Like we didn't kiss or anything. So I was like, I guess we're just friends. Like I- I'm so confused. And not saying that him not paying for a bill. It just it just made me more No, confused. I get it. If a guy doesn't buy you water, you- you're not, I- hey, I get it, Tori. Wow. <laughs> and you just call me your sugar mama. Here I am buying your lattes. Um, water. Which are like 10 bucks in LA, you know? So it's like. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, the, but the, in fairness, the waters are seven. So it's not that mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, gents, uh, first date, or do guys pick up the tab? Do you split? Is it the modern era where it's a split? Right. Like, what happens on the first date? Who's paying for that? Guys, always do. I always, always guys. I, yeah, and yeah. even like, like, I'll even go to have go to Starbucks with my wife, and she'll be like, "Here, I'll treat it." Just for some reason, I don't know. It bothers me. I'm like, just let me pay. Like, just, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is, but first date for sure. You have to, even if it's bad, even if you just, think of it, yeah, you, you have to pay. Even if it's bad, maybe then that's another way to just be like, Hey, at least I bought you dinner. It's fine. You know, it just didn't work out for me. I, I mean, agree. I think that the, the, the one offer from the, from the woman is nice. I would, I don't ever had in the past, I had never let that um, you know, when I was single, I never let that deter me. I would always pay. I would always be the gentleman and pay no matter what. Um, the offer was always nice. If it was a second offer or she insisted, then you start to get that friend zone feel. But yeah. I, yeah, think I think it, I signif- always pays. it signifies that it's an actual date. Yeah. If you, if the guy oh. pays. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yes. Has, has, um, this is just curious, like Tori, what would happen if you go on a date with a guy and the check comes and the guy just chills there like check comes he doesn't reach for his wallet he doesn't like grab it before you can grab it like waiter sets it on the table and the check just chills there what would happen well that's kind of what happened on this date 
so I was like fiddling with my like wallet for a bit. Like, oh, I can't find it. I was like, am I going to pay for this? Like, am I going to have an overdraft fee? Because I might. And (laughs) I was like, okay. And then I like laid it down. And then he like put his card on top of mine. So ladies, fidget for a couple minutes. And hopefully he lays it first. And you're not in my situation. (laughs) That happened also, last time. But, last time I went out for drinks with Rick, that happened. Bill came, yeah, I know. and he didn't reach for it at all. <laughs> I didn't even bring my wallet. I knew it was going to be an easy one. <laughs> he left Rick, his wallet up north. Couldn't get it out of his man purse. Oh, my man purse. But I also, but I, but I think that also goes to who invited who. This is it's similar yeah. to like a client lunch. Like if you're taking out your client and he he pulls out his credit card, she pulls out his. It's like no, no, no. Like I, I got this. I invited you. This is what's going on and I will pay, you know, I feel the same way with the date. Like if you invited that person out or, Hey, let's grab coffee. Okay. You buy the coffee. Okay. Or at least damn near offered to buy it. Unique question then. So, cause this doesn't happen as often. Um, Tori, let's say you ask a guy on a date, a woman asks a man on a date. Is she then expected to pay? Rick? Uh, no, no, no. I think, that, no. I think it's up to the guy. She made Wait, Rick, Rick, you just defeated I know, I just totally, I, I know, sorry, I, I literally lost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah not the first Stanley. time that's happened. <laughs> Tori's going to call me out. You're such a... <laughs> hey, guys, you'll have to excuse Rick. He's dealing with a lot with his big toe and everything. Yeah, yeah that's really right. hurts. Thanks. Tori, have <laughs> you ever asked a guy out on a date? No. I mean, I've like... I've I've opened up about this. I've like slid into DMs before where like you have like approached people, but I've never been like you, me, let's go. Mm. So in, I, in had that been, case, I had been asked in, out before and the girl said, well, no, I mean, uh, you know, I asked, so let me get it. And I said, no, no, I said, you asked. That was step one. So step two, now I, this is my turn. Now I get to buy it. So thank you. Well played. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think if the girl or whoever asks should pay. Even well, if it's a girl. Now, now you just went down. Literally. Literally just <laughs> flip-flopping. I feel like I'm on an on-ramp in Los Angeles right now. Dan, question for you, because undoubtedly yeah. in your life, you've been asked out by a girl. Oh, no. Who pays? No? Come on. Yeah, come on. Okay, come on. so who pays? Well, I don't know. You get asked out. Have I you been asked out by a girl? And I have. I, yeah. I always, I, it's. How do you uh, even feel about that? Let's go with that. How do you feel if a girl asks you out? Oh, that's right. If I like her, that's great. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a, an issue. The paying, paying for the bill, I'm always, I just maybe it was just the way I was raised. It's like the man is supposed to pay. Yeah. So, um, and also it's like I get, I don't know. It's it's almost, um, um, I, I, if if I'm not paying, I'd feel bad to like see a waiter see the woman put her credit card down and me just go like. all right great yeah she treats so even that it just emasculates me it's like i just you know uh i think the guy should always pay even if the girl asks him out yeah what if she like ordered surf and turf and (laughs) that doesn't (laughs) but then you're gonna be like let me see okay in the handbook no Uh, you went with the surf and turf so you have to at least split it it's 50 50 (laughs) That's, that's, that's when you so, get the phone me, call that your dog's sick. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you're with. I get uncomfortable. Even like if, if we were to, if I were to go out with a buddy, right? Say, Brooks, you and I go out and you get like a steak and a lobster and I get like a cheeseburger. It's still uncomfortable to me to be like, well, I mean, you had, I will split that right down the middle. Like there's oh, just yeah. no haggling. Like it's, it's very uncomfortable. Dude, that's, that's JV. That's like college. Like, Hey, I'm only on a strict budget. Like, dude, you got chicken in your burrito. I got steak. I have a story for this my very first pro meal so when I turned pro and we went out we went to Philadelphia playing a game in Philly and we went out for supper as a team and we had one guy on our team he, he had just turned pro as well he's a young guy had just turned pro as well and you haven't got your paychecks yet like you you're I was making 90 bucks every two weeks in junior hockey before I turned pro so like you're waiting for your paycheck and the very first meal, he orders like a club sandwich, like a, a $12 or something. We're at a nice restaurant, steakhouse, something. And he gets like a club sandwich or something, whatever it was. <laughs> Ham and cheese, I don't know. And guys have these steaks, filet mignons, wine coming, whatever. And then the bill comes and everybody just divvies it up. That's what the guys do, right? It's just 
12 guys are out for supper here. It's a uh, hundred bucks each. And, and he freaking loses his mind. He's like, what? Like what? I owe a hundred bucks. I had a freaking club sandwich. It's 12 bucks. <laughs> it was his baptism to pro. Um, and he was pissed. His face was red. He probably had to take out a loan to pay for his supper that night. You know what would be Sorry, great in a movie, though. But see, in hockey, you know, there's fighting in hockey. What would be great is if they would, if he would have actually thrown hands at that point. Like <laughs> right? it would have been just like a, a hockey match where then he's like, you know what? I got a club sandwich and just starts hitting the guy next to him. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's just the two of them. You got to let them go. And then yeah. whoever takes the guy down dead, it's like, okay, they separated. He pulls his button down over his head, yeah. just starts wailing on him. And in the local news that night, a scuffle broke out at the uh, Master of Steakhouse tonight over a club sandwich. <laughs> but, hey, all of us have that guy in our friend group that are like, that wants to divvy up and split a nine-person meal. Yeah. It's like, I just want my little segment. And you can tell how they're ordering, too. Um <laughs> I had a buddy that used to carry quarters in his wallet. So if it came no. down to like 50 cents, he'd toss in the 50 cents. Oh, that's bad. And it would make me so uncomfortable. I would like, would just every, so what I would tend to do is be like, everybody just put in what you think you owe. And then I'm going to pay the rest because it was so uncomfortable to me. Would you also and would he put in quarters still, at that point? Yeah. Oh, this is still going on with these guys? <laughs> no, this was a while. What the hell? This could have been like 20 years ago, right? Hopefully. We, yeah. I mean, we, also, we also had one guy on our team who every meal, he would put it on his credit card and just take cash from the other guys every <laughs> single time. Every single time he would put it, he's like, I got a boys put it on his credit card. The other guys would pay him 80 bucks cash, whatever it was. End of the year, he had like just thousands and thousands of frequent flyer miles. Like just, he could fly all summer long. He was just on a countrywide tour flying first class, just courtesy of what he put on his credit card for the boys meals over the years. And he went into a gambling rehab. <laughs> this guy quite possibly <laughs> isn't this nice to sit around and talk about when we used to go to restaurants in large groups <laughs> so joining us now we uh dr neil bear are you with us neil i'm i'm here i'm here i, I appreciate you coming on the show my friend you know what i've of all of the, of all of the shows we've ever done, reading your bio was like, like Dan's bio was huge, but reading your bio was like 30 pages. And I'm like, this guy, how is he a doctor and a producer, like Harvard grad and all of this stuff. And I've always been as, as an athlete, an ex athlete, I've always been fascinated by people who can cross over into multiple industries. And so your, your medical background is exceptional, but then what you've done in the entertainment world is equally as exceptional. So I look at you uh, with just admiration, my friend, and I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks a lot. I, uh, you used to come on right before us when you were on Veronica's Closet and I was doing ER. So I've been following you for years. Yeah, Dan was on Veronica's Closet. That's um, right. Dan, yes. Dan, sorry. I was looking at Dan up here. Yeah, we're all looking at Dan. He's a handsome guy. <laughs> I mean, not the truth. So, Dr. Neil, we have a question for you. Rick's got a little bit of a health issue going on um, that he's been gracious enough to open up and share with our, our community and our listeners. And, and thank you for taking the time. But um, first, we want you to look at him and guess what's wrong with him. <laughs> no, are we not doing that? Sorry, go ahead. Dr. Neil, we're here to help. We're here to help Rick, and I'm going to read you just uh, some text messages here. Um, and the guys, we're going to get your opinion on why guys are kind of terrified of the doctor. Uh, right. The doctor. Um, but here's a text message from Rick's phone. Uh, it says EKG is all good, no issues. She thinks gout on foot, but signed me up for a fluid pull, which I'll probably cancel. It sounds horrible. Blood pressure is normal. I'm just not getting enough sex. She said. Uh, and then the response was, dude, get the flipping fluid pull. This is a How Men Think episode. Women get mammograms, epidurals, 20 tubes of blood drawn for each pregnancy. I mean, come on, do it. Know everything about your situation and you're getting a colon exam this year. Just trying to protect you. And yes, I agree. Not enough sex. Not enough sex. Um, just, just to add. Yeah. Thank you, Brooks. This is, this is a text message between myself and my wife. There you go. Right. Right. Here's the context. Sure, sure it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but whoever it was with, 
Um, so what is this issue with gout? Do you have um, uh, pain in your toes? Yeah. So I, about a month ago, I woke up going on a fishing trip with my son up in Oregon. And I woke up and my, my left big toe just started hurting. And I wasn't walking right. And, and I just took a bunch of ibuprofen, got in the car. We went on the whole fishing trip. And, and it just progressively got worse as we moved along. And so I called a buddy of mine and, and I was actually one of the, the guys said, you know, I think you may have gout. Like I had it in my finger once and it was just this extreme pain. And it absolutely, he's like, are you eating red meat and drinking beer and, and all that? And I, and I really don't drink all that much, but I do eat a lot of, a lot of steak and ribs and things. Um, and I have been a little bit more so since COVID, but um, do, you eat just, liver? do you eat liver and organ? No, because that's no. even higher and. Yeah, like cholesterol side of it. Oh, but in, in the, um, the problems that cause gout. But you oh, can the crystallization. Eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can, do you drink a lot of water? I drink a ton of water, That's a ton good. of water, yeah. So, you know, I think I, I'm all in favor of, so it could be gout, but it's only you've had it once. I've only had it once. And um, through the trip, it, we were gone for about a week. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And I couldn't even get, I wear like van slip-ons for the most part. Um, and I couldn't even get my foot into the, into the vans to, to do. And I was hobbling around. It was really, it was swollen, but not red. And, you know, I started Googling it, what was gout? And they said, it's very red and it looks super ugly. And so I'm like, maybe it's not gout. And I called a friend and they said that it was um, metatarsophilia or something along those lines. So yeah, it could so, be it could be a lot of different things. So I'm I'm always a believer in, you know, when you have a problem, going to a physician or a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner, and having a workup. I did an episode once on ER where Noah Wiley's character spent thousands of dollars because he was afraid of missing something, and it, and he he ended up finding something so rare in this patient it paid off. But typically <laughs> we're not supposed to do that. It's like it's called shotgunning the patient, oh, yeah. not shotgun the patient, but, um, but, you know, in your case, when was the last time you had a physical exam and a full workup of, you know, blood, all the blood tests that, you know, testosterone, that gets into the, the, the issues of sex, because if you have a low testosterone level, that can be addressed. So a guy your age should, you know, probably have his testosterone te checked and have a complete uh, blood workup and, uh, yeah, even so. And uh, um, he was just know, flexing he, in a plaid shirt. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and also, you know, what's been interesting for me during COVID is that um, I stopped eating sugar, which I love. Uh, so I, I love sugar. So, yeah, I stopped um, for the last three months and I feel a lot better. And I usually think it's kind of, you know, crap that people say that, but I really do sleep better. And I really do feel better and I have more energy. So I have had literally no sugar. I like look at labels and all that. So I'm, 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 do you drink soda? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I, teach I'm, a, I teach a class. I'm glad we, I'm glad I asked you. So I, I just taught a course at Harvard's Kennedy school of government called soda politics. And I love it when somebody says they drink soda because then I can scare the hell out of them and say, there was a study done of men uh, who drink one sweetened soda a day and it had a N or the number of participants was in tens of thousands. It was published in the journal cardiology and it showed that men who drink one sweetened soda a day, one soda with sugar, not diet soda, had a 20% increase in heart disease. Ooh. So if you do anything besides, there's two things as a physician I recommend, don't smoke cigarettes because we just know it takes years off your life. And two, don't drink soda, drink water. Because there, we have so many studies now that show that it is harmful for men and women, but it's particularly harmful for men. It, what we think happens is that um, the high fructose corn syrup in the soda, um, when you consume it, goes directly into your bloodstream. It causes fatty liver. And also the liver processes the high fructose corn syrup in such a way that it raises your triglycerides. So if you could do some things to improve your health, you know, without really like harming your lifestyle. Going, yeah. 
I would say the first thing to do would be to not drink soda and cut sugar. You know, you don't have to cut all sugar out of your life, but just not drinking soda has a huge impact on, on people I've seen. Uh, Dr. Neil, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. We'd love to have you back sometime. Sure. Stay thank safe. you. Thanks, Doc. Get Stay your O sure. tested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. The big old needle out. <laughs> <laughs>
And um, they had told me a story about there was one episode of Seinfeld where the episode where Jerry couldn't remember his girlfriend's name, but he remembered it rhymed with a female body part. And he couldn't remember, couldn't remember. And the writers were having trouble coming up. The joke wasn't landing. So on the in front of the audience that night, couldn't come up with the fun. So the warm-up guy had asked the audience, does anybody have a joke that maybe they could use? Or what's a, what's a female name that rhymes with body part? And some guy in the crowd said, Mulva. And the crowd erupted and laughed. And Larry said, "That use that. Okay, writers, stop writing. Just use that. And I said, it's funny. I told my wife, I go, you know, there's some guy like at a bar in Milwaukee that sits at the end of the bar and goes, you know that episode? That was me. I'm I came up with that. I was Mova. That was my yeah. idea. Um, that's, the, that's the brilliance of it, though. They, that's yeah. why the show is so successful. It's because you want the best. When the egos get involved, yeah. then it's like, well, now you're not going for the best product. You're just going for the best. Congratulations. Yeah. And, you know, luckily, because that episode, the one the one where you were on, you stole a lot of scenes in that in that. And so when people reference that episode, they're all referencing you. The, and, and you know what? I had no clue what the hell I was doing. Sometimes, I mean, I even, and I've never really told anybody this other than my wife. I watch that episode sometimes when I see it or rerun and I cringe. I'm like, oh my God, that was so bad. This was so bad. And people, I'll meet people that are go, oh, the way you created the character. And I was just trying to remember lines. That was the first <laughs> That was the first sitcom I had ever done. I'd done dramas before, but that was the first sitcom. And of course, I'm working with the, the uh, you know, cast of Seinfeld. I was so nervous. It was just like, so, you know, and the weird thing about that too, that show for the longest time was one of their highest rated shows. And I, I would always tell people it was because of me, but it was, <laughs> apparently nothing else was ever on after that. It wasn't until like their Super Bowl episode that for some reason that, that sort of stayed up there. But um, yeah, you do an episode of Seinfeld. When, look, the show I did for MTV for six years, when our first two years, we were their number one show in the world, 72 countries. And people would, you know, they'd recognize me. The day after the Seinfeld episode aired, I was in Hollywood for a uh, cast physical for a show I was doing in Vancouver. And I got recognized walking out of the doctor's office to my car. Some guy yelled and called me a mimbo. Right. I said, it's the difference between the power of network television and the number one show on television and basic cable. hundred percent. And that's why I interrupted you before, because if you were to say step off to somebody right now, that is exactly where their mind will go. They'll be like, Oh, step off. Oh, I got to make some peanut butter sandwiches. Oh, hey, Tony. (laughs) They'll start just rattling off random lines from that episode. And those two words, which is why it's a perfect title. Those two words bring people straight to that. Well, and the weird thing with that too, was they had, they had a line because I've been given credit for writing that line step off. I didn't write it. I didn't go to Larry David and say, I want a, a line change. It was the guy they in the had, audience. That they, guy no, was brilliant. Had, <laughs> it was they Mulva. Had, they had a joke that wasn't landing and then they were trying to come up with some. So then Larry asked me, he goes, you were like 23. You work on MTV. What do you, what would kids your age say? And I don't even, that was like the second or third thing I said that I said was step off. And then Jason Alexander said it with his George Costanza, you know, New York accent and the crew laughed. So then Larry was like, yeah, just say step off. That works. Wow. These, these little stories are so cool. That's awesome. So, um, oh yeah. That's all I got. Those are the only two stories I got. It's a short <laughs> book. It's only four pages. <laughs> Dude, one quick question. Cause I've, I've been asked about possibly doing a book um, yeah. and I had a conversation about it and um, it's called skate off. Do you think that's good? <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> What did you learn about yourself in doing the book? Oh, so much. And, yeah. and I'm not just saying that it's, you should do it. If you have the opportunity to do it, you should do it because I, you know, you make your notes. Here's okay. Here's what I want the book to be. Here's what, but it sort of takes a life of its own. Yeah. And um, as I said, it's, it's anecdotal stories about my life where I, where I came from and who I've become, but it, it almost, at least, for me, almost took on a spiritual thing in the third portion of the book for me and talking about parenthood and my life and, and who I've become now. And I didn't really initially plan on that happening um, when I first started out writing the book. But it, I sort of you got into this and saw what journey it was taking me on. So, you know, if nothing else, I, I mean, even if you're not going to publish it, do it because you learn a lot of stuff about yourself. If you're going to be completely honest with the readers and yourself to write it. Um, and I think that's the only way to do it. 
because then if not then you're just like okay well what story should i write now and you're trying yeah. to be um yeah. you but you know have... it's to me too i in reading a book that you would write i'd want to hear all those stories that i don't want to hear about when you scored a game winning goal and oh then we yeah. what out did you know you want to hear all those other nuances that people wouldn't know about and yeah um so the, li- yeah. the little bit that I've dug into it, it is, and I've done, I've done presentations for sportsmen's dinners and stuff like that. And when I do mm-hmm. those presentations of like my hockey journey, um, there are certain things that I learned that I never knew just in, like you said, taking little segments of your life. And when you line these up, you're like, the first one I did, I'm like, holy, I, I learned I was, I was responsible for very little of my success. Yeah. Well, I, I was like, oh my God, the people that have touched my life from the age of 13, 15, 17, 19, 20, 22, 24, all of these people down this list have all elevated me in some way that I'm like, I'm not anywhere without all of these people. Like I'm responsible right. for like 10% of my success. So in doing your journey, if even, and somebody even just encouraged me to do it, a friend encouraged me to do it, sit down and write your book to understand yourself. Yeah. And then if you want to publish it or you want to do something with it, do it. But just the, the process of sitting down to write that, you'll really find a lot and learn a lot about yourself. So that's why I asked that question. It's well, the insight. You should. And, and you touch upon people that are responsible for it. I, I, I even get to that in the book where it's my brother, my oldest brother, who's 10 years older than me, went out one night. He's, Likes to go out as much as any everybody, but doesn't. He's more of like I'll stay home. Doesn't really drink. Went out one night when I was still in high school to a bar he'd never been in before in our hometown and hasn't been in since. And saw a guy he went to high school with. That guy said, "What's going on with the family?" He said, "Oh, Dan's a quarterback for the high school." He goes, "Oh, I'm a graduate assistant coach at University of North Carolina. Have him send a tape there. I send a tape to University of North Carolina. I get recruited. I go to University of North Carolina. My senior year at North Carolina." I meet a producer from MTV because Janet Jackson was in concert there. I keep that guy's card. I moved to LA after graduation, call that guy. He hooks me up with a person in LA working for MTV. That in turn, I start working as a PA at MTV. I'd hand in a treatment for MTV sports. I'm the host of MTV sports, the rest yeah. is history. And yeah. I always tell my brother, I'm like, if you never went to that bar that night and saw Phil, like I, what journey, what would have happened with me? You know, and that, that entire journey culminated with being on the How Men Think podcast. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> if your brother doesn't go to the bar, we're not sitting here today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> we are, we are the cherry on top. <laughs> I can tell you, Dan, when you said it's a, it's a journey of self exploration, uh, Brooke, I mean, you couldn't pick better keywords for Brooks. His eyes lit up. As soon as we sign off now, he's going to take out his typewriter. Slap on go. the thing as we get started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling Dimitri, the fact that you even said typewriter is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you dating yourself there, Dimitri. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I'm trying to make fun of you for being in like a log cabin. <laughs> uh, Dan, I appreciate your time, man, your insight. Thank you so much. Um, Guys, thanks so where, much. Where can our community find you? Where do you spend the most time? Social? Uh, social media. I'm at Dan Cortez on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can go, I have a website. This, you guys will appreciate this. The website though is thedancortez.com. Not dancortez.com. Not because it's not available. It is. I didn't want to pay 25 grand for it. <laughs> so that was 25. That's for Dan Cortez. I'm paying $1.99 a month for the Dan Cortez. And I told you I'd give it to you for 20. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Makes so, it sound like a big deal when you have the in front of it. I, you know, or just I'm saving a hell of a lot of money. So <laughs> I'm doing that instead. But yeah, I'm on the social there. And then, you know, order the book on Amazon, wherever. But you can go through the website. But I'm pretty active. I, you know, but it's funny because I've had people even talk to me about my Instagram. Go, yeah, it's, dude, really exciting. You post pictures of your baby and your kids and your wife and sunsets. I'm like, yeah, well, what are you supposed to? No selfies, and, you know. No selfies. I got nothing, nothing really good. Seriously though, that the book I'm like, I'm telling people the book is like, you're going to learn a lot about Dan reading it and cool stories like that. But it's, it's, it's actually more than that. And as he was saying, like the self exploration and stuff like that, you're going to learn stuff about yourself and you're going to, you're going to think it's going to make you think about other things. It's not just, Oh, I want to read about Dan or I don't want to read, but there's a lot in it. Um, And so I, yeah, I recommend it. Thank Not you. That I means anything that. to anybody, but I appreciate that, Dimitri. And you know what? Truthfully, too, that was important for me. Was I didn't want to write. It's not a tell-all. 
I don't want to write a book just about me. I even told them I want to write something that I hopefully think readers can relate to and sort yeah. of see their own lives within it and maybe see similarities there with certain things they're going through. So thank you. I appreciate that. Super cool. The book's called Step Off. Grab a copy for it. Um, my man, I appreciate you. We'd love to have you back. Um, That'd be awesome. Yeah. And uh, I want to just hear more from you at another time about co-hosting and host hosting. We'll talk about that, but we also need to have Dr. Neil back and we should have asked him about having sex on the first date. Mm. Come on. I oh, he, did it. He, he did it for sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> He's a doctor. Come on. Yeah, you he did. Yeah. He used production. One, one of those ER stories. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. It's an aphrodisiac. As soon as he drops, as soon as he drops that Clooney nugget, yeah, it's done. Yes. Done deal. Over. Yes. Dude, I appreciate all of you guys and our listeners. I appreciate all of you guys as well. That's hey, Brooks, it. I'll come help you with your book as soon as I'm writing a book from the uh, opinion from the view of Rick's big toe. So when yeah. I'm done with that, I'll come up to your cabin and help you with the book. <laughs> I got to go ice it. Yeah. Good to hang out with you Have you seen Rick? He's been laid back in that chair the whole time. He's up on the desk. <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> guys, I appreciate you. Dan, I appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Uh, love to have you back on sometime, my friend. So till next awesome. week, everybody, take care of one another, love one another, and we'll see you back here for another episode of How Men Think.